What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And this week on the podcast, I took a bit of a pause from all of the interviews that I was doing with financial influencers. And I want to really talk to somebody who's actually built an entire platform specifically to help people with financial troubles. And today I'm talking to Tanya Menendez. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Of course. So for those of you listening, Tanya is the co-founder of Snowball Wealth, which we are going to talk all about exactly what the brand does, what's the platform for. But first, I always just like to get a little personal with people that are on the show, because I think, <laughs> you know, when, whenever you're talking about money or listening to a show about money, there's always a tension, right? Because like, oh, we're talking about money. Uh-oh. And so I think there's a, an easy way to break that tension a little bit is to just talk about our raw and real stories. Um, and so the first question that I always open with is is uh, what is your biggest money regret? A time that you, maybe you spent way too much money and you wish you could take it back. Um, you know, when you hear that question, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Well, it's a little embarrassing, but um, <laughs> I think the, the biggest money regret happened when I was 19 and I um, actually spent $8,000 on laser hair removal. Wow. On like a lifetime 8, package. Wait, 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 not eight, not eighteen hundred, eight thousand. Wow. It was like lifetime package for, you know, for life. And so I, you know, the salesperson really got me. And to be honest, I was surprised. Like looking back, I'm surprised that they gave a 19 year old an eight thousand dollar loan. Like Seriously? I was like a server at a like restaurant. Like I did not have that type of income. That is um, nuts. That woman must have had the bomb sales pitch, girl. $8,000. <laughs> I mean, at the time, laser hair removal was like a new technology. Mm-hmm. You know, she they just got the machine that allowed for it to be used on my skin color. And so I was pretty excited about it. But, um, you know, looking back, it ended up being a big headache. Mm-hmm. Um, and the company actually went out of business. And so I had oh. to negotiate the um the debt down and it was a whole mess but you know what it really taught me that companies don't always have your best interest in mind and you really have to look out for yourself um and and you know debt can be really toxic um in in a lot of ways so um yeah that is now so wait did it end up impacting your credit score your credit report because you said you had to like negotiate with them to the for the debt did it affect your credit Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, luckily it was, you know, over 10 years ago. So all Mm -hmm. of that's resolved. It was resolved within a few years, but it definitely was a big headache for me for a few years. And I had to do a lot of research, figuring things out on my own. Like I didn't tell my parents. Uh oh. (laughs) I just was just like Googling and like calling and trying to negotiate things on my own. And so it was just a whole mess. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Did they ever find out? And if so, how did they react? Yeah, I mean, they kind of chalked it up to like, of course, like Tanya like <laughs> um, would do this. So I think I told them after it was all resolved and we kind of like, you know, they yelled at me for a bit, but I think that was about it. I'm glad I told them after it was all done. <laughs> right, right, right. You wait till you figured it out. You sort it all out and then you open up a can of Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is so funny. Like actually makes me remember when I had like really bad credit card debt and yeah. I had just graduated college. I came back home and my parents and my family were like, oh, Janelle just graduated from a great school. She's going to 
come back soon to do all these great things. And and at that time, I didn't have any student loan debt because I got a scholarship. So they just thought I was just like debt free. And mind you, I had all of this secret credit card debt that I was like, oh, I'm not telling them. I'm not telling them about it. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not gonna ask them for money. I'm not gonna like right. what you know. It's not what am I gonna gain from like right, right, right. stressing them out? So I just. Yeah. Out <laughs> shout out to huge, huge shout out to all the young people out here really trying to figure out their finances on their own, especially, especially if you're first generation, because yeah. it, and whether that means first generation American or first generation to go to college, both because you're really trying to navigate the waters without any assistance at all. And your family oftentimes doesn't know, you know, even how to help you. So you really are all on your own. So exactly. huge, huge shout out. Oh man, that's crazy! I can't believe you said eight thousand. I was like, wait, did she say a thousand eight hundred? And I misheard her. Like, no, eight thousand. That's how bad it was. Jeez. Um, okay, so let's flip. Let's flip the script and let's go to the other side of that scenario. So a time where you spent a lot, a lot of money, but you know, actually looking back, you're, you don't regret it because it was worth it for you. So I, you know, to be honest, I don't spend a ton of money now. The time that I did spend money, I did take a year off. Mm -hmm. um, in between startups. And yeah. then at that point I spent a lot of money on personal development. So one of the big ticket items was a conference, um, on a boat that was $5,000, which is um, a lot of money yeah, for, um, you know, just for myself. But at that conference, I actually met my first angel investor for snowball. So it ended up being, yeah, it ended up being something that was worthwhile and paid for itself in the end. Yeah, but it, it still was less than the laser hair removal. You're right. It was less than I'm like, at the end of the day, it was definitely worth it because you save money compared to the laser hair removal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I think back, like, what if I had invested those eight thousand dollars when I was nineteen? Like, it was <laughs> seriously, man. It's crazy how we think back like that, especially when you're in your late twenties or thirties and beyond. You really think back to all the dumb stuff you do with money. You're oh like, I could have done this. I could have that but you know at the end of the day like you i to me i personally have have come to the point where i'm like it doesn't it doesn't serve you to sit there and beat yourself up about it like literally just laugh about it move on from it don't yeah. make the same mistake twice but you know at the same time don't harbor on it because it's only going to make you frustrated and you, and you can't go back and change it you know so exactly exactly and so now i just share it to be able to you know it's it's normal to make mistakes when you're young, um, yeah. and now I just try to help people prevent them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So let's talk a little bit about Snowball Wealth first, and then we'll jump into a bit more about your backstory. Because now I bet people are curious about your upbringing, like you, you know your parents, your family. You already talked to us a little bit about some of the stuff that you went through with debt. But um, thinking about the the platform that you're building right now, Snowball Wealth, which is mm -hmm. specifically for helping people that are stuck with student loan debt and really need to sort it out and help it help it get help themselves with a, a, an organizational system around it um so talk to us about what you've developed and being the co-founder of snowball wealth like what is um you know what is it that you're that you want really your company to be able to accomplish for people and how you want it to help people yeah so i mean i started snowball to solve a problem that i experienced personally so i had mm -hmm. thirty thousand in student debt I ended up paying 30,000 in interest. Wow. Um, and so Oof. I was just frustrated by like the lack of transparency. It's not clear what your options are. And it wasn't until the very end where I saw that I had other options on how to tackle my debt. Yeah. Um, so my goal for the platform is to help people 
um, come up with a plan to save money on their student loans, yeah. explore options that they have, and just be more educated on the entire process and what options are available. So um, for us, we really take more of a financial education slant versus um, like other platforms that are more transactional or just like try to get you to do one thing. We just, we mostly are trying to help you understand your loans and understand your options. Yeah. And I love that because I feel like it's usually the case that you find out on the outset of your student loan situation, what's going on. And when you're coming into it, you, you usually you're just, you're young, you're really just probably a desperate for the money just to be yeah. able to pay for school. Cause you can't conceive of another way to do it or B you're just like, okay, whatever, this is just something that I have to do, but you're not really yeah. tuned into the details, the terms, the conditions, because what the heck you're 18. Like, you, you know, you're not paying attention to those things. And so it's interesting to me, like the large majority of people with student loan debt is after the student loans are already, you know, you're already signed on the dotted line. You're already finished with college. And now that you have to repay, is that you're starting to learn the things that you should have learned before you signed on the dotted line. So it's sort of like, it's just, it feels like the system is just all messed up. So it's interesting that you say that your, your focus and your target with the platform is to focus on financial education and yeah. student loan education rather than just trying to target them with like, oh, you should just get this loan or you should consolidate or you should do this process or that um, and let us hook you up with this company. It's not about that. It's more so like, how can we help you understand what you got yourself into and yes. know that there is a clear path out and that yes. you can you can choose that path for yourself but you first have to have to learn about your situation absolutely absolutely and i think that for us our overall mission is also to help people gain financial confidence mm -hmm. and make financial progress yes so um i think that for for a lot of people, student debt is the first type of debt that they take out. Yes. Um, and so it's the, also the first kind of big win that you could have too, if you start to take advantage of it and, you know, take advantage of everything that's available in, right. in terms of tackling it. Yeah, definitely. You know, I got very, very lucky because, and a lot of people that are listening to the show who have been listening for all 20 plus episodes already and who know me from YouTube will know that student loans for me wasn't su such a huge issue. I was one of those lucky kids that got a full scholarship to college. Yeah. But when I got there, I realized very quickly that the scholarship covered tuition, it covered room and board, and it covered meal wow. plan, but it didn't cover all the other things like lab fees and textbooks mm. and all these different things that like art supplies because I was taking a lot of art classes when I was in school like all those things add up and I'm like okay well how am I supposed to come up with the money for those things so in my case credit cards was my first way into debt and to understand mm. to like just getting my, my credit all messed up and everything but uh, when I was a junior I actually really really wanted to go study abroad and I had been taking mm -hmm. French for like pff, forever since I was like in middle school yeah and I was like, you know, what's the point of me taking French all these years if I'm never going to go to France? And <laughs> so like, I was like, like I got to go now or yeah. I'm never going to go. And so I took out a $5,000 student loan to go study abroad. And the funny thing is, when I graduated college, for some weird reason, well, you know, we all know the reason is because of a lack of financial education, but I was so scared of my student loans and I wasn't really that nervous about my credit card debt. 
which is kind of yeah. crazy yeah. because yeah. you know the the interest rates are like four or five times as, as high with credit cards compared yeah. to your student loans but in my case i just for some reason the way the media stigmatizes yeah. student loan debt especially for millennials like i just was like i don't want to have student loan debt so i focused so hard on paying off my student loans and those five thousand dollars was oh paid gosh. off like so fast yeah and, and my and my credit cards were Growing, growing, and growing at like a twenty-seven percent yeah. oh interest gosh. rate. I was like, oh, yeah. I wish I could go back. Oh and my gosh, fix it stresses it. me out thinking about it. Right, girl. Yeah, and actually, we so we actually um, updated the platform because we noticed that a lot of people came in um, with student debt and credit card debt. So yes. we updated the platform, and now we ask if you have credit card debt, and then we give you options on how to pay off your credit card debt first yes. and prioritize that first over your student debt because I think that's a common misconception that. You know, student debt is, um, you know, worse than credit card debt or credit card debt somehow more acceptable. But um, it's really about like the interest rates and um, yeah. and like how much debt you have in general. Yeah, um, definitely. But, yeah. I mean, and, and to me, like I think the in simple terms for me, the way that I understood it was your interest rate is the rate of growth. Like if you think of it like that, like yeah. literally think about your loans running in, in a race yeah. and whoever whoever's running faster is growing fast. That's more money that you owe. And so when you look at your student loans and they're like less than 5% or less than 6% yeah. and you look at your credit cards, they're like 15, 20, 19%. You, you clearly, you can say your, your credit cards are winning the race. They're growing way faster. Yeah. And so you want exactly. to attack them first. You want to put, you know, throw some, some stones on the ground so they can trip and fall. You got to do something to prevent them from running so fast because that's literally what's growing your debt so, so quickly. And it becomes, yeah. you know, something that just easily could get out of control. Absolutely. And also there's a bunch of differences within the student debt space too, like private loans. I was surprised to find that pr some private loans were 15, 18%. Yes. Which just blew my mind. I was like, how Yo, are that is loans, so true. Like the same interest rate as credit card loans. And so, you mm -hmm. know, not all student debt is created equal either. And um, there is some credit cards that offer like a 0% APR. Um, also, so there's some other options that are available with, with credit card debt. So it's really important to understand that the interest rate, and I love the analogy that you have of it running and racing. It's um, yeah, That's yeah. exactly how we need to think about it. <laughs> yes. And you're going to be chasing down the highest interest yeah. rate. You know, but for, for me too, I always think of like the way that I am. I, I was a classroom teacher right after college. And so my oh, focus has always been like teaching. Like you got to teach people because if you don't understand the foundational aspects of whatever topic it is, you're never going to be able to understand the higher order stuff, like how to solve the problem, how to evaluate the problem, right. how to compare and contrast like different options. You can't get to that type of thinking unless you have the basics. And I realized so many people don't know the basics of money, the basics of, of interest rates, the basics of inflation. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, so, I mean, when I talked to you and I first met you, I was like, you know what? This company seems like the, the perfect type of company to push towards student loans because it's focusing on education first. And that, right. that spoke to me, being like I was a teacher, being that yeah. I focus on education as my platform. I, I think we have to stop focusing on how to like get a client to sign up and get, get money from them and figure out like if you're educating people first and foremost, they are going to want more help because you've helped them already just off the bat by educating them and empowering them. So I just, I want more companies to be like that. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's really what, you know, my co-founders and I really started it with that mindset because yeah. we all experienced it personally. We were, we were really frustrated by just like all of these companies that just didn't make it clear. Like, what are your options? How much are you really paying? And, um, 
yeah so um no i appreciate the support uh yeah. thank you i know it's like it's a journey for sure creating mm -hmm. a, a fintech company especially when um the majority are you know white men that are creating it Absolutely. It's such a male dominated space and in particular white men. And it is very, very hard, I think, to, you know, to even just come to go, go from an idea to like creating an actual company like that. just It's just so much. And so like for for you to be Latina, to be a co-founder of a fintech company and to be targeting such a, uh, an important issue like student loan debt, especially for our generation. It's like it's just a breath of fresh air. So I'm really happy to have you on. Um, I want to do two things. So first, I want to talk a little bit more about the platform. And then I want you to tell us the backstory. Like, how did you, you know, upbringing like how did you know you always wanted to like build a company did you think that was going to be something you were going to do um but first I want to like have you imagined somebody who has never ever ever heard of snowball wealth had, has never seen the app just downloaded for the first time just went on the website for the first time what's their interaction going to be like describe to us what we would see and and how we would interact with um with snowball yeah um so the way that it works is that you sign up it's a web app mm -hmm. so you have to go to the website you sign up um username password we then ask you a few questions around your goals around your student debt. So do you want to pay it off faster? Do you want to reduce the monthly payments? Are you just curious and want to browse? Um, and then we also ask you some other information on your credit score, you know, debt. Um, and then you can sync your accounts directly through us. So um, we use a um, an API called Plaid that integrates with accounts. And we use that because it's extra secure. Okay. One of my co-founders, um, the technical co-founder, she actually specializes in privacy and security. And so all of our data is encrypted. And so once you integrate your accounts, you then get um, a loan summary. And so we organize all of your student debt in one place. And then we also pull out the interest rates. We also pull out um, whether you have COVID relief or not. Um, nice. whether you're in forbearance or not. Um, mm -hmm. And then we also give you analysis on your student loans. So we say, this is how much you're paying in interest. This is based on like how much you're paying now. You're going to be right. paying it off in 10 years, 20 right. years. Um, and then we give you recommendations on how to save money. So you can save, you know, uh, $5,000 by making this amount of extra payments. Um, and then we also have other resources like um, budget templates, you know, debt to income ratio calculators, and just other money stories to inspire people on how people like paid off massive amounts of debt. Right. Um, and, you know, we try to bring out real stories from our community to kind of share and inspire others. Yeah, that is such a, like, I think it's so overlooked the importance of inspiring stories. That's like, for me, that was, that's a huge part of my platform here with Mind Your Money. It's like, it's not just strategies. It's not just like education. It, you also have to know that this is possible because other people have done it, other people that are like you. And that's why for me, I focus on inspiring stories to help people know like, hey, if this person did it, if she's similar to me and she has a similar background, a similar experience, a similar income, a similar you know, um, financial burden, and yet she's been able to overcome it, I, you know, then I can do it. And just that belief that you can do it is yes. so powerful, that shift in your mind from like, this is impossible to I can do this, this is possible. Like, that's half the battle right there, honestly. So, um, <laughs> so I really love that, that you incorporate those inspiring stories and that there's so much, there's wraparound stuff as well. It's not just student loan focus. You also talk yeah. about budgeting. You also talk about like the credit card, like it's all part of your finance of your holistic financial plan um so i i really love that 
Now I'm curious to know more about you because not, this isn't your first fintech venture and you talked a little bit about like other projects, but I want, or you, you alluded to them, but I want to um, know more about like your upbringing, any early money stories that you remember and how you think that might have led you to do the work that you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Hayward and, um, growing up, my dad was a factory worker. My mom was a secretary. And so, you know, pretty working class and they ended up switching jobs while I was, you know, growing up. Um, parents weren't founders or entrepreneurs, but they were very entrepreneurial, I would say. So yeah. I think just like witnessing their story on like how they came to the U S mm -hmm. um, with no money. And, um, although they never said it explicitly, um, they kind of modeled like determination and drive and grit. And I think that's common for a lot of kind of immigrant families. Too. Absolutely. Um, so they really taught me that like you have nothing to lose by trying and you have nothing to lose by asking. Love it. <laughs> um, and, and so that's really what has driven my career decisions. I think that, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to dedicate my life to having a positive impact to solving problems and, um, one of my early money stories, um, well, so it's funny because I have a lot of like money memories with my family. And I think that, you know, my, my family really taught me that, or like my upbringing really taught me that, you know, money can give you freedom and choices, but it can also bring a lot of stress and hardship mm. if you make the wrong decisions. And so my parents made some great decisions. My parents also made some bad decisions. Yeah. And I think that overall, it taught me that like, just having, having awareness of what your options are, educating yourself, um, really being curious about like what's possible, I think is important. Um, but like, I think that one thing that my parents did that I definitely want to do with my kids um, was that my dad opened up a bank account under my name when I was in fourth grade. Nice. And, um, and so anytime I had like ideas to make money, like, for example, I was like, you know, I did hair like twist. Remember those twisties? I don't know. If yes, it's just, like with the butterfly clips. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so I would do those twisties for money when I was a kid. And then I yes. would um, for like quinceaneras or whatever. And then mm -hmm. I would take that money and put it into the bank account. Nice. And so like by the time I was 18, I had like all of the money that I had saved over like these like random wow. like side yeah. hustles as like a child. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and so my parents didn't really give me a ton of like investment strategies or anything like that. But I think that they taught me that like anything is possible and anything that you set your mind to, you can achieve. And I think that overall, that's been the best money lesson that they've given me. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I honestly, the more people that I meet that have become very successful, whether it is um, creating a company, being entrepreneurial, or whether it is just like, you know, um, having a high net worth, I find that that's a common trait. It's like this belief, this mentality that like the sky's the limit. And actually the sky's not your limit. There's the universe is out there. So it keeps, <laughs> keep, go past the sky. And yeah. it's like, and it's funny because um, growing up, I feel like I had a very, uh, the opposite experience where I was constantly reminded like, well, what if there's not enough of this? Or what if there's no room? Yeah. Or what if, you know, all these, it was constantly a negative, like come back every time a new idea was proposed, or every time something, you know, um, a, a question, like if I asked a question, it was like, oh, but usually negatively framed. And that kind of, it created 
created a mindset in me that was a very much a scarcity mindset up until yeah. more recently as I started reading more books and, you know, um, getting into my own journey of per personal yeah. growth that I challenged myself to stop thinking of limitations and start thinking of, mm -hmm. okay, but what about all the things that could go right? You know, stop yeah. focusing on the negative so much. And so I love that, you know, not so much that your parents gave you like financial lessons, but right. more so that they... Uh, developed within you this mentality that applied to to finances as well. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, it, they definitely do have like a fear mentality when it comes to trying new things, which is funny because they're, they're scared of you trying new things, but they weren't yeah. scared of trying things themselves. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I mostly got that mentality from like seeing what their actions were, not necessarily yeah. what they would say to me. Yes. I think that like, you know, my parents, they always wanted me to have a very stable job and they always wanted me to like be close to home. Mm -hmm. That's like the American dream for them. Right, right? Right. But, um, so like when I got a job in New York, they were like, don't move to New York. Like oh. they're going to like, they're going to rob you there. Like it's dangerous. <laughs> like a young woman, like by herself in New York. But, you know, I ended up going anyway, which I'm happy about. And then, you know, cause I got a job at Goldman Sachs like right out of college. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to try it. Um, and then when I, um, you know, when I wanted to quit Goldman, then they were like, oh no, stay at Goldman. <laughs> like, oh, don't take boy. the risk. Don't start a company. <laughs> um, you know, why Can you make you up your mind? You know? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> There's no winning. So like, eventually, That's right. like they're going to, they're yeah. going to be on board is like what I, what I figured. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Cause our parents tend to be like that all the time. I mean, I remember at one point I was dating this guy and my parents really liked him. Our first, he was a little too older for me. Like he was, he was five or six years older than me, but you know, I was like maybe 16. And so that means he was like 21, 22. That, that is a little bit like too, yeah. I think mature <laughs> for like a, a teenager, but at my, you know, at my age, I was very mature and he was a little immature. So we kind of matched up, and, but my parents were like, no, no, no. How does that look? You can't be dating somebody who's over 20, you're 15, 16, you know? And then it's funny. Cause after we started dating and I brought him over formally and after like a few years, they were like, no, but what do you mean you want to break up with him? You guys should get married. You guys are so perfect. I'm like, now that I don't want to be with him, you want me to be with him. But when I wanted to be with him, you didn't want me to be with him. Yeah. Make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, a yeah. saying in Spanish that like really resonates with me. It's like, la costumbre es más fuerte que el amor. Yes. And, like, <laughs> I think that's the same with my parents is that they just like want something that feels steady. Yes. Um, and yes. I think the same comes with like money habits, right? Like, we do what we're used to. We right. do what feels like comfortable. And yeah. sometimes it's uncomfortable to start to like invest. Sometimes it's uncomfortable that's to right. like start to tackle debt. And so, um, yeah, that's yeah right. that thing always like comes back to me. That's true. You know, okay. So now you, you just talked about how it can be uncomfortable, right. To, to deal with debt, to tackle debt. So being that snowball really focuses primarily on student loan debt and tackling student loan debt. What advice would you have for listeners who like, they just feel stuck or maybe hopeless, yeah. like completely hopeless about their student loan debt situation. What would you say to them? And, um, you know, how might you, you console them? Yeah. I mean, I think that for, um, the first thing is that you're not alone. There's 45 million people with students, 46 million actually with student loan debt. That's and right. So you're not alone. A lot of, this is like a very common, um, 
issue. And then I think that overall, it starts with taking the first step um, and just being like honest with what your situation is and um, just like start to uncover slowly, like what you're able to do with your debt. You don't have to do everything in one day. Um, That's one piece is just like start to, you know, face the debt and know that you're not alone. Right. And the second piece is, I think, like, start to form your own support system around this. You know, we started mm-hmm. um, a Slack community for women to talk about money. And it's been really awesome seeing, like, people, like, um, starting to share their money stories and starting to share kind of, like, their concerns and what they're anxious about. And I think just saying, like, sometimes anxiety, you just have to say it out loud. And, and it right. starts to, like, have less power over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that just talking to, starting to talk to people, try not to give into this like taboo of like talking about money, because that really doesn't serve anyone except for the people that, you know, are like trying to like rob you or get you or like rob your money and like trying right. to get you to like, you know, sign up for $8,000 in laser hair <laughs> removal. <laughs> like, if I had talked to anyone about that, they would have told me that's, that's a bad idea. Don't do that, girl. Don't that, do that. Yeah. And, like literally anyone I could have talked to, they would have told me it's a bad idea. So I think that talking to, having a support system, it doesn't have to be a lot of people, but like have a few people that you can confide in and try to talk to, um, talk about like your debt situation around and it, it'll start to feel more manageable. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I always tell people that one of the biggest reasons why I was able to succeed paying off my crazy high interest rate, $20,000 of credit card debt was because I found a community online. Like I went on Instagram, I went on YouTube and I found other people talking about their challenges with their debt and strategies they were using to pay off their debt and to save more and to make more and to pinch pennies. And I was like, yo, this is my people right here. Like, this is my tribe. They're going to help me do it. They're doing it too. And so even if that doesn't mean physical people in real life, like around you, maybe you don't have, you know, maybe that's just not the case. You don't have people around you that are dealing with it, but if not, the internet exists. Hello, it's the 21st century. You will find people dealing with this online and, and having that, that support is definitely something that I think makes a huge impact on your motivation and also, um, you know, your, your ability to actually know all the different ways, um, and strategies and tactics that you could be putting, uh, in place in your own life, just learning from more people, right? The more brains put together, the more ideas are going to come, come from that. So I definitely agree. Um, I have a question here that I want to make sure I ask, and I feel like I had an opportunity to ask it earlier and I didn't really talk about it, but I want to come back to it. So you talked about, um, being in the FinTech space, how it is very rare to find Latinas. It's not rare to find, it's not hard to find Latinas in the U S you know, I mean, we're the, the largest ethnic minority group in the country. And I actually read this week that it's projected, according to the 2018 census, the projection is that by the year 2060, so 2060, we'll have over 111 million um, uh, Latinos in the U.S., which is insane. So when you think about the numbers of us, it's kind of crazy to think that yeah. you can't really find us in spaces like fintech or finance or bank, you know, things like that. So can you talk about... Um, your professional experience a little bit more and how your work has been shaped or informed by by your identity as an Latina? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to find out that like only 3% of um, the work, the tech workforce is um, Latino um, yeah. in general. And for event, like for um, companies getting funded, less than 1% of VC funding goes to Latinas, which Ouch. is insane. And we also over-index in actually creating businesses. So it should yeah. be the opposite. Um, so for me, I think that, you know, because I had this mission of solving problems of wanting to, um, like 
create like create um a vision of like the future that feels more equitable or feels like more fair um i saw that technology was like impacting our lives and like really is getting into every piece of right. like society as a whole and so for me like that's why i was really excited to get into tech so when i started my first tech company i literally googled like how to start a tech company because i didn't know anyone <laughs> in tech i literally and that's yes. the problem like most latinas yes, don't know Google. other latinas in tech right so right, i was right. like and this was like in 20, 2011 so this was before there were a lot a lot of these like organizations there's not now a lot more organizations and like communities but back then there wasn't and so right and honestly um, even at that time social media wasn't even the, the craze that it is right now it wasn't that it wasn't at that level at the height that it is now in 2011 so you're you're right absolutely and so you know for me i just like out of curiosity was like how do i start a tech and so i just started <laughs> going to events i started to um you know sign up for newsletters just read a lot um on how to do this and eventually i got accepted into an accelerator um, which gave us some funding and then later on we raised money um and then you know things kind of went went from there so um but a lot of it you know a lot of my experience um, over the years was like being the only Latina, being like sometimes the only woman in the room. Um, mm. And things are changing now, but I think that um, it still feels a little isolating sometimes, not, um, you know, not having that community that feels like comfortable and that kind of understands you on a more cultural level. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I do I too recognize that like, yeah, it is changing, but it's still, it's still very slow progress. So yeah. even though a lot of people are like celebrating a lot of what's happening, that's good. Yeah. We also have to recognize that for people in the space like you, it might not feel like there's a whole lot to celebrate just yet because it's such slow progress. You can barely really feel it on a micro level. Of course, macro, you can look at the numbers and the statistics, but yeah. those are just statistics in your actual lived yeah. experience. You're not seeing a lot of other Latinas in the space. And that's, you know, that's an impact that we can't pretend that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it also comes from, and that's why I'm excited about building Snowball because a lot of like being able to start a company comes from financial independence, right? Like being able mm -hmm. to save money, being able to have the courage to like quit your job and try this full time. Like it takes a lot of um, I, at least for me, I remember like the day I submitted my like resignation letter, I was terrified. Like Oof. I like was taking a big risk. I didn't tell my right. parents, obviously, like, <laughs> again, <scary. laughs> yeah, again yeah. Like, I'm like, because um, they were not going to let me, you know, they were just going right. to yell at me. But right. I, um, you know, it takes a lot of it's scary. And I think that, like, it doesn't get easier even now, like I, you know, when I'm fundraising or when I have to do like a live event or something like that, I still feel a little scared, but I have to push past it um, to do it. So I think that um, hopefully like people listening will get inspired to start their own companies too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you don't show up for you, who's going to show up for you? Who's going to show up for you if it's not you, right? And I, like, I think for me, that has given me a lot more confidence too, is like, I, I've never been like a shy person, but I definitely used to get like stage fright. And now I can speak in front of hundreds of thousands of people and I'm fine. And in, what it is, is like this mentality that I have of like, I have to tell my story. I mm -hmm. have to talk because if I don't, who's going to speak for me? And so that also like permeates, I think across the culture, it's like more Latinos yeah. have to start speaking up because yeah. if not, who's going to represent us in the media? There's such a small representation of what we exactly. actually look like and sound like and are, live like. And so we have more of us have to come out and talk boldly so that people can say, oh, you know, 
know, there's no reason why I wouldn't know what it's like to be Latinx in America. There's, there really isn't a reason for you to, to, not, to not know. So I think that's, that's definitely important to really speak up and be bold about it. Um, cool. So I would love to, to just wrap up with a little bit of a... Um, it's an inspirational model, but so what I've been doing is actually have a dollar bill where um, I'll put your money model. I'll call it a money model. It's a money message or money mantra where everybody who interacts with money, which I guess it's, it's dying down because people aren't touching dollar bills as much anymore. Hello, COVID. But, um, but before when people would transact, you know, dollar bills are going out in and out of hands like crazy. So we're going to pretend that's still the case. And everybody who transacts with a dollar bill will see your money message on the dollar bill. Um, so what would your, would your money message or money mantra be? My money mantra would be manifest wealth without limitations. Um, Love it. And so I think it goes back to like what my parents kind of like showed me and like what we were chatting about earlier. I think that um, I think it's important to try to envision, um, you know, your financial freedom, try to envision like what the ty what type of life that you want to live without limitations, without feeling like, oh, I can't do this because of my job or I can't do this because of like the debt situation that I'm in, like anything is possible. So trying to imagine and manifest wealth without limitations. Love that. I love that so much. Yeah, we were just talking about that, you know, like how we always think the sky's the limit. The universe is the limit. There's, there's The sky's not even the limit. Don't yeah. you create limitations where they shouldn't exist. I love that. Uh, cool. So if anybody who is listening is inspired by you or is interested to learn more about Snowball Wealth and to actually sign up for the web app and learn about their own student debt situation a bit more um, and just kind of get a bit more organized and learn more about their situation, tell them where they can find you, where they can find Snowball Wealth online and where they can follow and support your work. Um, so they can find us at snowballwealth.com and they can also go to Instagram at Ask Snowball and we're also on Twitter and LinkedIn. So you can find us in a, on any of those platforms. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to link all of those um, uh, tags and um, handles uh, below in the show notes. And I'll also put them in the description box for the YouTube video. So you guys can just click there if you're interested. And um, definitely reach out to Tanya if you have any questions for her personally about her story or specifically about the platform because um, it's definitely an incredible platform. So there's no reason why you should be shy to reach out. And, uh, you know, just really, t I, for me, I think this episode is really um, t giving you a charge, right? Like an action item that you have to leave here and you have to really take control of your your situation when it comes to your money, specifically student loans, but honestly, all of it. Like, you have to be in control of it because if not, you know, then it's going to be in control of you. So we definitely exactly. want to encourage that empowerment. Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you so much also for having me and for all the work that you do and all of the tips that you have. Like, I love, like, the, the videos and the snippets that you have are just make everything a lot easier to understand. So thank, thank you so much. Of course. It was my pleasure to have you. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you.